Welcome to Women Leading in Cannabis. I'm your host, Kira Reed. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Doreen Sullivan, founder of My Bud Face. Welcome, Doreen. Thank you, Kira. I'm so happy to be here with you. Doreen is the award-winning visionary and CEO behind My Bud Face. As a brand strategist, ultrapreneur, and master product developer, Sullivan has created one of the most respected luxury brands in the world and has been featured in Forbes, Newsweek, and High Times. Sullivan entered the cannabis space with over three decades of experience as the founder and CEO of Post No Bills, an award-winning creative agency whose client list includes recognizable brands such as Disney, DreamWorks, ESPN, and the U.S. Olympics Committee. Sullivan is also a thought leader, keynote speaker, and a consultant who specializes in transforming creativity into commercial success. She is a passionate advocate for authenticity, empowering others, and the remarkable impact of the creative process. Driven by her desire to elevate and normalize the consumption experience, she works with her team to create a dynamic cannabis lifestyle and product line. Her devotion and craft womanship in designing and producing luxury vase bongs have made her a media darling and a trailblazer in the cannabis industry. Sullivan's passion for healing through the spirit of cannabis and the power of femininity speaks to how she runs her business from the heart. I am so excited to speak with you today, Doreen. Oh my God, thank you. What a beautiful, lovely introduction and bio that is. I'm like really proud of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should be. You have <laughs> got an amazing background and you come from a marketing and design background. And honestly, I think your bio just skims the surface on the incredible clients and projects that you were a part of before you got into cannabis. Can you give right. us some background on your impressive career and how that ultimately led you to building an ancillary cannabis business in a non-legal state. Right. That's where everybody should start with building their cannabis business in a prohibition state. Um, so to go back to, um, you know, uh, incredible legacy of a history, it started in New York City when I started Post No Bills in entertainment marketing in the music industry. And that was in 1987. I, I was a theater major, always a creative. And um, I started working for a small merchandising company and uh, marketing company. And they had a client, um, RCA Records, and we were working on a project. And the client, after my boss left, called me back and said, we want to give you artwork. And then I went back to get this artwork. And he literally said, don't like your boss, love your ideas, want you to start your own business. We have a project called Dirty Dancing. We think it's going to be a big hit and we'd like you to uh, to create some products for it. So <laughs> if um, that was like the start of my business post no bills, I was shocked uh, and young and naive and scared and excited and motivated and ready to take on the task of uh, entertainment marketing uh, without any experience. So then now we're, let's see, Post No Bills in 
just last month started its 34th year. And in those over three decades, I've made probably over shit. I don't want to sound like a lot of money, but like maybe 75 to $80 million of custom products for companies like Disney and, and the Olympics. And, you know, a lot of your entertainment Properties have a lot of branding, marketing, merchandising, environmental decor, et cetera. So without, um, you know, without <laughs> not getting too deep and not being able to talk about cannabis, my entire career has been about building things that have never been built to promote entertainment properties. I have a storage unit that one day I'm going to go through and I'm going to take pictures of all these things and get them up and update my post website. I mean, you could even, you know, like creep on it and see some of the, like the five Super Bowls I worked on or some of the premieres that we've worked on in entertainment or the movies like Shrek one, two, three, or four. But because of this, this legacy of like one of a kind projects that my agency has done, when I switch to cannabis, I come to the space with decades of resources to develop products. How did that lead you to cannabis? Fortunately, cannabis led me to all that. I've been a consumer, a recreational consumer since I was 14. And so cannabis has always been by my side from a creative perspective, whether I was needing a brilliant idea or having to you know, make something out of nothing or having to be resourceful and fix a product that, you know, had a manufacturer issue or a change of character in a movie. Cannabis has been by my side and I've been a consumer my entire career. So in a lot of ways, cannabis kind of, you know, was my friend through my creative journey as a product developer and as a, as a marketer. And when I became a parent and when I moved to the South, that's when I really had to, you know, hide this consumption. It, it, the stigma was far worse than anything I experienced in New York or LA and the judgment and the risk and just the entire scenario surrounding cannabis was it was completely taboo and illegal and came with an incredible amount of judgment. However, you know, knowing that we all have uh, cannabinoids and, and a journey with cannabis, it was it was it was constant hiding for me. I constantly hid my consumption and it really played with my mind, making me feel like, you know, I was such a successful person, but I had this like dirty secret. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I always felt a disconnect as a, you know, I always chose to smoke out of a bong. It's my, I like to smoke. Um, I like, to, I like a bong. I love a bong is, <laughs> which is a good thing. And so between feeling like I had to hide my consumption and between feeling like bongs were just a disconnect, didn't fit me personally, was phallic, was heady, was dirty, was just not me it always led me to go, there's got to be a better way, you know, as a product developer and as somebody, you know, most product developers are are developing things because something that is there is not developed enough or needs to, you know, create a better mousetrap. And so I always felt bongs were just that one of those things. It didn't fit in my lifestyle, but it was part of my lifestyle. And the normalization, especially, you know, in the past 20 years was just not as as urgent as it is now. So it led me to cannabis because it was always part of my life and it was always a disconnect in my life. And it was always a hidden secret to this wonderful life I lived. So um, finally, 
I, I moved to the beach. I live on a little in a little town called Folly Beach, and I would describe it like a tiny Venice beach. And it was there that, you know, I hid the bong from a visitor for the last time. And I hid a bong that I had amongst my vases in my house when somebody came over after I had just consumed. And my bong was right next to a vase that was almost shaped like the bong. And that's when I had the aha moment. And the very next day, I started this company. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? That is a great story. So, okay. So now you've launched my bud vase. It is becoming an iconic cannabis brand for women. Because, so I mean, the brand, yeah, and you should be. The brand oozes femininity. And right. frankly, they're absolutely, every one of them is a gorgeous piece. Some of them are one of a kind. Some of them are completely unexpected, like your new mermaid. But it, it's, everything is so creative. What is your process for coming up with new pieces? What inspires you? A lot of times the design of something in my mind inspires me. Like just like I love the whole blue and white patterns and knew that we wanted to create something special with that. The mermaid piece, I live on the ocean and it just it just kind of gets in you, you know, like it's like anything, you know, like you know how we get women, we like to like get in little trends. Like we're into like bohemian stuff for a while, and then we're into Egyptian stuff. And then like right now I'm into like deco. So a lot of times I'll see something and if it sticks in my head, and as a creative for a living, that means that like let me just explain something to people um in the process of creativity. Creativity is a gathering process, right? So if you imagine, if you look up, you open up your eyes and you look as far as you can see, anything in that vision that stands out to you, that actually stands out, sticks with you and gets inside of your head that you can't get out is like a jewel to your creative puzzle. It could be a color for your new brand. It could be a shape of the branches in a tree that actually create the pattern that I want painted on the next base. You know, like I think the world gives us creative inspiration and tapping into our surroundings is a key to being creative. You know, it doesn't, it's not like I come up with something on the top of my head. I see something and that transforms me. And if it sticks with me, I feel it in me. And then I just let it percolate. You know, I just leave it in there and let it go. Like, you know, our mermaid vase. I mean, that started out, I had pink scales and iridescent scales, and it turned out to be like the color of the sea because I allowed the creative process to develop inside of me. So, the you know, some pieces we repurpose that are vintage. So let me be clear about that because that's one of the biggest confusions. Um, we have our artisan collection and our artisan collection are already existing vases that I find in the course of my travels. So when we were traveling, prior to COVID, um, I would be working on projects for ESPN or whatever. And then I would start going to estate sales, estate sales and, you know, really nice antique stores or just find collectors and find pieces and hear stories about, you know, this little grandma from Holland who brought over this piece. And then so it was a outlet for me creatively. So we have our artisan pieces and I still purchase all of those and find them and curate them. We bring it into our shop, we repurpose them and we decorate them. Then we have our signature collections. Sometimes I'll find a manufacturer that has like the best amazing glass out of Turkey, for example. And they, they, 
paint 24 karat gold on their glass, you know, on their crystal, on their glass, and all work with that manufacturer to design something special with something they have in their facilities. Other pieces like the mermaid bong, I'll start from scratch and I'll find a manufacturer that can, you know, have different textures, drippy paints, things like that. So it's kind of a, a, um, you know, whatever's in my, you know, whatever floats my boat, <laughs> kind of, um, kind of approach. But that's what I've done in my thirty-something years of making products. You know, transforming a space for an event, as you well know, my dear. Mm-hmm. You work with what you walk into, mm-hmm. right? So if you walk into a place at Caesar's Palace and you have all these areas, the vases fit on the areas. So does your client's stuff. And then when you look outside the window and you see all that glitter at night, well, that's going to transform what you're doing inside because you're working with your surroundings. So that's kind of a long-winded creative coaching way of saying that, you know, creativity is within and around all of us. And each piece is coming out of either what I see, what's available, what's, you know, trending. Like I'm really good with trends. And um, like we're working on some new pieces for 2021 that we feel are going to be really trendy. So, you know, I'll try to make sure that I've got that that commercial aspect and that trend in mind. Like, where is the market going? What are the popular colors coming out? What are what are people feeling in 2021? Right. We're going to be post covid. What is that like? And what does that mean from something you would want to consume cannabis with? Yes, something that you can share with others. It really is one of the things I miss the most about COVID is unity. You know, at the events, when all the women gather outside and share pieces with each other and share joints and dabs, and it's it's a time that actually, you know, when you see the women standing in the back of the room, that's, that's the place where they feel most comfortable coming forward and mingling and participating and starting to network and get to know each other. It's something I really miss. Well, and when you think about that, just, you know, from the perspective of creativity and trending, so we know we haven't been able to share. Mm -hmm. So anything that relates to that in whatever industry you're happening to work in, happening to work in, that's, that's how you're going to get ahead of a trend. And that's how you're going to get ahead of the market. So if you were creating any product right now, you know, even a mug, maybe it's got two handles on it, right? <laughs> because, yeah. Because you can finally both hang on to something together, you know? So mm-hmm. it's things like that, that inspire, inspire the work here as, as a true um, product development agency should, you know, keep it open and, and, keep your finger on the global pulse of what's what's coming up and what's available. Speaking of, it looks like we are getting closer to federal decriminalization of cannabis. How how is that going to change your business when the walls come down nationwide and how do you plan to scale what you're doing now over the next few years to meet you know, what I'm assuming is going to be a dram- very dramatic demand increase. I feel it's going to be a, a tsunami of um, opportunity for all of us. So um, scaling, we're working, you know, you just uh, saw Tony. Um, she's our director of operations. Thank God for her. She is really getting our systems in order so that we can, you know, ship out a thousand, two thousand, three thousand pieces, you know, a week. Um, we are working globally now and we're really wanting to, you know, step into Mexico and, and network with the opportunities there. And we want to make products all over the world and be able to ship products all over the world. So we are 
kind of like locked and loaded to expand our operations with, you know, the customer service, the HubSpot, the ship station, the SKU vault, the inventory stuff, all the stuff that is so over my head. Thank God Tony knows what's going on. And she's just like air traffic control. Um, you know, my background in making products, I'm used to, you know, mass producing and collating and fortunately experienced in all that stuff I mentioned earlier, there's 70 something million dollars worth of products here. You know, we can really turn and burn because I used to do that for massive companies. So we're ready for that. From the legalization of just just to be able to open the door here. I mean, if you were to walk up to our office right now, you would have no idea there are 10,000 bongs behind me. You just wouldn't know because it's all kind of, we don't overly discuss what we're doing here. Not that we have to hide it, but I just... Prohibition places where they don't understand. They don't understand what cannabis can do for you medicinally. They don't understand what cannabis really means in terms of a recreational lifestyle. Like you're so fortunate to live it. When I go to your events and I can just like share my own product for crying out loud with a bunch of amazing women. That is not an everyday for me. When I come home, that doesn't happen. I'm not able to go to events. You know, I'm not able to pass the bong around. You know, it's a prohibition state, so I have to follow the laws of the state. So we really are looking forward to opening our doors and sharing what has been, you know, kind of kept under wraps for five years. And you know, helping people understand the benefits of cannabis. But I just can't do that right now because it's too hard to educate those that don't have any basic understanding. I was going to try and, you know, I thought it would make sense, um, you know, and that I could be that that pioneer and that my team and I would be like, hey, let me show you how good this is. But it just doesn't work like that. There are too many people that, you know, we get it. They don't, they don't get it. And I can't, I can't be responsible for that energy. I'd rather focus my energy on, on the growth markets and scaling up my business. And when it's ready, then I will have open doors and arms to help people understand how beneficial this plant really is. That's amazing. You've been a CEO most of your career. Mm. What lessons have you learned about leadership that have meant the most to you? And what have you learned about being a woman in a leadership position? Oh, I think one word answers both of those is being resourceful. Hmm. I think resourcefulness is a strong female characteristic, especially because women are, you know, raising children and, and running businesses and developing things and keeping the peace and making the Christmas dinners. And, you know, women are just so capable of juggling so many plates because they're incredibly resourceful. And as a CEO and a business owner, I think what has kept me alive and it has not been easy. I mean, you know, I can't even begin. It's a whole nother podcast. Some of the struggles we've gone through in my career and just to be able to pivot and be resourceful and find ways to sell yourself out and change things. You know, I mean, I worked in the music industry. We know what that's like right now. I worked in home video. That's not there anymore. I've worked in so many industries that have completely almost gone out. And that's just because, you know, things change in this world. And if you're not able to be resourceful and pivot at the right time, you're gone. You're just gone. And I don't care whether it's keeping your house and your family fed or running a large business. You have to be incredibly resourceful to succeed on both levels, on all levels. 
And has being a woman been an asset or a hindrance to you as you have moved about the corporate world? Both um, an asset, being a woman moving through the corporate world, especially when I started my career. I mean, you know, I'm pretty much of a firecracker and, and as a creative, you know, uh, energetic, creative Italian woman, you know, there's a lot of people that like that energy and, and welcome you to opportunities. Uh, once you get in them, then there's, you know, the division of, well, you're the creative. So, you know, you can't be on budget. You can't be on time. Oh, you know, you've got abundant energy, but it's not focused. Um, you know, like what brought me to the table um, also tried to kick me off the table <laughs> at the same time. It was like, you want my ideas, but you don't want, you know, you want, you want uh, unbound creativity, but then you need me to focus right now. Well, part of unbound creativity is opening your eyes to gather whatever's needed in a project, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, even from, from my bud face and my bud life and what we're doing now, being a woman is, is the key and which is why we're unashamed and we're just going to go for every flower power moment with this company because we don't have to hide the fact that we're feminine. We don't, we can, we can speak to that audience and directly make something for that audience. And we know how women think and what they like. And, um, we're, we're able to live in that lane and it's wonderful, but, um, you know, it's a challenge. I mean, women have to, you know, be strong and fight together for their rights and their abilities to just be themselves. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, but I'd rather, I'd rather live this life than, than, you know, a corporate white male, as we all know, especially after this, after this year, it's, it's much more fun in this lane. So what advice do you have for a woman who is looking to start a business in cannabis and in, in, in ancillary business in cannabis? Oh, there's just literally everything you see, just pair it with cannabis. Like I'm looking at, okay, let's look at my desk right now. So I have a, a logoed mug. All right. So cannabis and coffee, cannabis and, and, and uh, coffee cups, cannabis and a tea set. I have a candle here, cannabis and candles. I have salt on my desk, you know, cannabis and spices. I mean, there is just anything that has to do with this plant ties into something because it's like a universal healer. So I would say find, you know, look at all. I always tell people to take a wheel and like if the center of the wheel is cannabis, look at how many different spokes there are and just write them all down. Like I'm consulting a good friend of mine right now. She's an incredible chef. So the first thing is you stick to your passion. So if you're a chef, if you love animals, if you want skincare, if you're a hairdresser, if you're a nail tech, whatever you love, start with what you love and then find a way to incorporate cannabis in that. Right. So I happen to love home decor. I love flowers. Love, love, love. I always used to say if I could do anything, I'd work in a floral shop. I had no idea it would get to this level. You know what I mean? Like, what the hell? Be careful what you ask for. Right. But you know what I'm saying? So my advice is to do what you love. Like, let's say you're an accountant, you love numbers and spreadsheets, then work in the cannabis space, you know, for nonprofit and helping them get statistical numbers about whatever they need for cannabis and seniors, cannabis and diabetes, cannabis and all that. There's, there's a way to connect to this plant in every single spoke on the wheel. So start with what you love 
and the plant and look for opportunities that connect those two. That's great advice. Mm. What are you excited about in 2021? What a good question. As you know, why it's such a good question, Kira, because there's so much that we're afraid to get excited about because like, we just don't know what's happening on a day to day. So it's like, we're in the, don't get your hopes up place. Yep. But, um, you know, um, if I, if I'm free to get my hopes up, get them up. All right. I'm going to get them up. I'm excited about the retail journey that we're on right now. Like we're starting to have so many people carry us in the retail world. Like we're starting to, we're going to be doing pop-ups with higher standards. We're in stores like in Canada and in Mexico and in Hawaii. So I'm super excited about, about creating opportunities for retailers to sell our products and make it easier for them because of my marketing and sales background you know, everything I used to pitch was, you know, sent on a tray to make it easy for somebody to sell in your product. In today's world, retailers, like they're kind of on their own. They got to get the product, they get a little bit, and they've got to do all the work themselves. So I kind of want to, we, we want to, as a team here, create create a retail journey with our product that I'm super excited to speak to retail and and kind of almost like transform the way they're starting to build their um, you know, displays and their product categories and their road to the consumer because the retailers are the ones that consumers are walking in to see. Additionally, I'm excited about about supporting the bud tenders and that that the bud tender network and I'm sure you know some of those people, Sabrina and all them, like the bud tender nation, these are the people that are dealing with the consumers that are going to be flooding to figure out this plant. So I'm hoping to be a conduit and a bridge and a safety for so many people, not only with our products, but with our company's ability to start marketing and helping people, you know, see those roads to get to this plant and, and to really be able to enjoy it, you know, and normalize it in the home. Like it's going to change pop culture is going to be pot culture. Mm. And I want to work on that road and help lead that way. That's what I'm thrilled about. That's awesome. I'm I'm excited for you. I can't wait to see what happens with my bud base in the coming years. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find your gorgeous bases and get in touch with you? Okay, so mybudvaz.com is our website. Um, our Instagram is at mybudvase or vaz, however you like to say it. Those are like our two main um, roads to us. I still manage the uh, Instagram as long as I can because um, I really want to connect to what people are experiencing and sharing and seeing. Um, and we're working on some more platforms and we're working on actually some, you know, creative coaching, consulting that I'm going to start doing in 2021, which I'm excited about. So I can let you know about that to share with your groups uh, down the road as that comes together. But in the meantime, those are the the main areas. And obviously now retailers all over the place. So that's exciting. Like if anybody sees our products out there, please support those retailers. I'm so grateful for them taking a risk and putting our pieces on their shelves. And what is my bud life? Good question. We just wrote this. Does anybody have the copy from My Bud Life that we wrote yesterday that we finished? That one sheet of paper? We, uh, you know, My Bud Life is, 
in the short version, it's like a parent company. And if you would look at it that way, and that my bud vase would be like the flagship um, company. But let's see. Here's our copy. So this is kind of our statement and intent. So one is my bud life is a female inspired cannabis lifestyle brand. But my bud life is the parent brand behind my bud vase. And it's a fast-growing lifestyle brand creating products, content, and choices for cannabis enthusiasts who value the beauty and creativity of the life-saving plant. Mm. We are driven by our love of this community and the unlimited possibilities within it. Join us on our mission to inspire and influence the world through the spirit of cannabis and the power of femininity. Femininity. <laughs> I got to practice my elevator. That's my elevator pitch for my life. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. We're going to have to talk about doing a collaboration with my bud life and women empowered in cannabis. We're aligned. Absolutely. That's a given. Thank you so much, Doreen, for your time and for sharing your journey with us today. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet joined the women empowered in cannabis community, go to our web women empowered in cannabis.com and find your group supply chain, CBD and hemp, and the recently launched Women of Color. WEIC is a community that provides resources, connections, events, and content to women working in cannabis in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or curious about taking a leap into the industry. Join us next week for another conversation with women leading in cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.